The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This week on your favorite soap opera, it's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and we have an amazing show on tap for you this week. Our special guest is simply out of this world amazing. Uh, You may even say that she's from another planet. All my children's favorite, Kate Collins, will be joining us in just a few minutes. And to the best of my knowledge, this is really one of the first times that she's had the opportunity to be in this format where she can talk live with you, the fans. So if you've always wanted to talk to Kate... This is your chance. I'm sure by now you guys know that there is a lot that goes on behind the scenes to get each episode of Soap Central Live together. And this week's show has been about six months in the making. That's right, six months. So this is definitely a very special occasion. And as you'll hear a little bit later in the show, I feel that I have a very special connection with Kate. Well, as I said, we'll talk about that a little bit, but I'm glad that we're going to be able to bring this show to you today, and I know that many of you out there want to take part in today's show, so let me give you all the important names and numbers that you'll need for the next hour. If you'd like to call in with a comment or question to talk to Kate, you can call our toll-free line, 866-472-5788. Again, that's 866-472-5788. If you're unable to get to the phone or you're a little too shy to call in, don't worry. We're not going to try to pry it out of you with a crowbar, but you can submit your comments and questions via Twitter. All you need to do is send a tweet at Soap Central Live. I'll do my best to read your comments and questions and get them in as part of the show. So what do you say we get on with today's show? As I mentioned, my guest this week is a daytime favorite. She's also a winner of multiple SoapCentral.com awards, the awards that you, the fans, vote on. She's known to daytime viewers for two All My Children roles, that of Natalie and Janet. We're going to welcome her to the show. This is her first time here. Kate Collins, welcome to Soap Central Live. Oh, Dan, thank you so much. As you say, this has been months in the making. I'm excited and thrilled to be here with you guys, and I have never done this format before, so this is new for me. I'm excited. I've been doing this for two years, and it's new every week, so I can't really tell you what to expect, but I can guarantee you that we're going to have a lot of fun. We will. So let's go back and find out, when did the acting bug hit you? Did you know from the start that you were going to go into acting, or was there something else? Did you think you were going to be a a doctor, a nurse, an astronaut, perhaps? (laughs) Well, I I think when I was about eight, I did believe I was going to be an astronaut. I'm, I'm sure someone will tell you that I was convinced that was my past. But certainly from the time I was in high school, um, Acting became uh, my means of communicating in the world. I, I was not a very good student, and if it hadn't been for a tremendous theater teacher who was also an English teacher at my school, 
I don't think I ever would have made it through high school, but I was so motivated to perform and work in the theater and build the set and work in the box office and do anything I could that I would keep my grades up. And he taught me how to utilize anything I learned in school into whatever theater program we were working on, whatever project. So that really inspired me. And so from high school on, I kind of knew I was going into the theater route. There are a lot of people out there that we certainly have younger viewers who are still in school and maybe are, are struggling with some things. And there are people who are out of school who are maybe struggling with their direction. What would be your advice as someone who had someone step in and really sort of change their life? What's your advice to anyone who's struggling and trying to figure out, you know, to do the best that they can every day? Right. Well, be kind to yourself, first and foremost. Don't beat yourself up and, and find out what it is you really are passionate about and don't do what you feel you should do. Therein lies the path to disaster. Um, you know, very often we think we should be an actor, for instance, and, and maybe that's not the path. Maybe you're more a writer. Maybe you're more uh, a business manager. Maybe you're more uh, somebody who puts talent together than is in front of a camera or on the stage. Um, so that's just sort of an interesting, I'm so sorry, this is a, a call coming in, we're going to ignore that. Uh, so that's all my, my sort of piece of advice about that is, is uh, pay close attention to your passion and do what you need to do, not what you should be doing. Um, and be open to alternatives, be open to other paths. I think that's Does very that make important. sense? You, you no, know what I mean? Oh, it absolutely does. I mean, speaking from a personal experience, I believed from the time I was in the second grade forward that I'd be going into medicine. It was always my goal to be a mm -hmm. doctor. It didn't, uh, you know, life happens, as they say, and I ended up going in another direction, but I was open to it, and I don't know. I don't think if I had been open to other alternatives, I don't know, you know, where everything would have ended up. So I, I think that's very important. Mm-hmm. Now, I mentioned, you know, asking what you were thinking about being, and I, one of the choices I gave was an astronaut. There may be some folks out there who don't know, but you also have a very famous father, if you'd like to, <laughs> to share with listeners who may not oh, know. Who oh, is your dad? sure. Sure. My dad, my dad was an astronaut. Uh, he flew twice with the Gemini program and with the uh, Apollo program. Um, so he is most well known for flying Apollo 11 with Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin, the first lunar landing. And he's a guy who stayed in the capsule and went round and round the moon while um, Mr. Armstrong and uh, Colonel Aldrin walked on the moon. And so that was, that was pretty neat growing up. That was fun because we lived in this great community where everybody worked for NASA. They were a doctor or an engineer or an astronaut or a designer, and it was a really neat, rich environment, as you can imagine, with everybody so focused on the race to the moon, and so to be a part of that community was, was just a delight. That was fun. Kids nowadays may not have heard this, but I'm sure there's an entire generation that heard from parents, if they can put a man on the moon, they can, you know, you can clean your dishes, you can do whatever. <laughs> Did anyone in your family <laughs> ever try to use that on you? Oh, no, 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 no. As a matter of fact, Dad is sort of an interesting story. He, he always said the opposite, that, you know, uh, they did their job, they did it well, uh, and that was sort of the end result. Uh, it worked. Uh, it might not have worked, even if they had done their job and done it well. So it's, it's really, he's always been about, you know, execute what you do well, 
always do it to your best ability. Um, but there was nothing extraordinary about what they did. They simply followed a path. It was a well-laid-out path. It was thought well. It was clear, and they did their jobs. They did their jobs well, but they did do just their jobs. Because very often people will hold him up as a celebrity or a, a hero of some sort, and he gets extremely agitated when you try that with him. Just really? work. That's, it's a, that's it's so a, fascinating. What your work is, what my work is, what a, a policeman's work is, you know, it's just a job. Just hmm. a job. That's that's absolutely fascinating to hear that, uh, and I'm you know it's I guess it's it's refreshing and surprising all at the same time to hear that that somebody feels that way. He feels strongly that way. As a matter of fact, you know what he'll say is that the hero, the hero is the person who runs back in the building to save the kids when they don't have to. The fireman who goes in to do that is doing his job and doing it well. Uh, so he really is very clear about delineating between. Uh, doing your job, and real heroism, and that we seem to have mixed it up nowadays, and we certainly have mixed up uh, whatever this thing is we call celebrity. So it, it was, as you can imagine, Dan, in my world, when you're coming along and you're a young person and you want to be an actor, you want to be a star, you want to be whatever it is, it was very helpful to have that balancing uh, input to have somebody say, you know, be be really darn careful you're doing this for the right reasons and that you don't get lost in it and you know who you are and it's about the work and about the process and that you keep it real. There are so, so many people. There are, there are so many people who are considered to be celebrities nowadays and without moving into that general range and uh, passing judgment or anything like that, it is right. interesting to see who... Uh, can be considered celebrities when maybe they haven't done anything that's worthy of celebrity. Right. And it's, you know, it's, it's, we have a, um, a symbiotic relationship with them. I mean, they, they put themselves forward and then we as an audience want to participate in that and create that. So it's, you know, there's enough blame to go around on all, all sides in terms of the creation of that. How we break out of that pattern, I don't know. I worry about it. From my unique perspective, because I have uh, two boys, I have two sons, and I worry a lot about what the message is, and especially what's the message um, uh, about what young men are supposed to uh, think about young women, hmm. and how they're supposed to treat them, and what what's cool and what isn't, and so we have a lot of conversation in my household about you know what's real and what isn't real. What's we. The- we know that our we know that our soap operas are not real, uh, but we will say that you certainly did earn celebrity status by joining All My Children in 1985. Before you joined AMC, what was your experience with soaps? Did you know anything about them? Did you watch oh, them? Oh, yes, yes, yes. All My Children was my mainstay, was my show. I, I've been watching All My Children almost since it started. Um, and it was, I, I, you know, for instance, scheduled all my college classes around it. Uh, we, the, the sorority sisters, we would all get together for lunch. It was social. It was a point of conversation. It was entertainment. It was a wonderful social glue. It brought a lot of people together. Um, so, yeah, I love soap opera. And in particular, that show, uh, it was my show. 
So you can imagine the day I walked on the set and actually had to then work opposite uh, Miss Susan Lucci. I was awesome. Yeah. I could. <laughs> It's it's always fun to hear from people who got to be a part of shows that they loved. I mean, there I can think of Allison Sweeney from Days of Our Lives. She was also a big fan, and she ex- expressed the same thing that walking on on the set professionally was very hard to do when you know when you're such a fan of of a show that certainly is iconic will always be iconic. Yes, it is. It's very hard. It's, well, but then, you know, again, I got, I was lucky because I just kept hearing my, my dad and my mom's voice. It's just a job. It's a job. Do it well. Do what you know you know how to do. Do it well. Well, we have someone who wants to talk about their love of all my children as well. We have a fan call on the line. We have Andre, I believe it is. Uh, are you there, caller? Yes. How are you? I'm all right, and yourself? We are wonderful. I'd imagine you have a question for Kate, so I'm going to let you get to it. Okay, thank you. Um, yes, uh, how you doing, Kate? How you doing? I am very well. Andre, is it? Yes. yes. Thank you for asking. I'm well. I look forward to your question. Well, first I want to say thank you for the many years that uh, you've been on All My Children. And um, you kind of helped away for me in a way because I used to sneak in watch all my children for a minute and um, <clears throat> where my household was my mom and my aunt wasn't really into the soap operas then and I used to be like you know sit down just watch and I explain you know the characters and at that time that's when uh, you was being Janet at the time and had Natalie in the well so just mm-hmm. we'll start recording the soap operas and I want to say I wanted to say you did a fabulous job on that well, thank you. I'm, I, I love doing it, but I'm, I'm interested more in, in this, what you're talking about. You got your mom and your aunt together with you to watch? Yeah, because I was in my teens, okay? And mm-hmm. um, uh, they wasn't really into the daytime soap opera like that, so I had my mom watch it. And she watched different, you know, different storylines, but she was always into what is Janet doing? Is Trevor finding out what Janet doing? <laughs> so at that time, she got my aunt into it, and my aunt got my cousin into it. So we all, it came like a family thing that if wow. we could not see it during the time that it aired, we had to record it. If I didn't record it, I'd be on punishment. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> well, this wow. will make up for it. Now you have your opportunity, Andre, to talk, to ask any question that you wanted to know, so okay. what do you have to ask? Uh, what I wanted to ask was, you had di- <clears throat> a lot of different storylines, and I wasn't able to see during the, um, the mid-80s. I had to catch up when all my children had this, uh, was it the cover book that they had with the different storylines? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, one of the things I've noticed that you've, Natalie been in different relationships from Jeremy to Palmer, Ross, Adam, and to Trevor and Demetri. And I wanted yeah. to ask, what was your favorite storyline that you've done? And if it was something different that you wish you could have done on All My Children, what would it be? Those are good questions, Andre. Wow. Um, boy, oh, boy. That is a toughie. You know, I was trying to think, what would... Favorite the the well obviously is a is a huge favorite of mine the well story um, the time the effort the energy the 
the craftsmanship, the writing. It was just, it was just beautiful. Uh, but I can't pick a favorite between all the guys. And believe me, I have tried. I have tried <laughs> to figure out which guy, for instance, would be the one Natalie really should have ridden off in the sunset with. Do you know what I mean? Um, because each of these guys, each of these men brought out the most wonderful aspect in Natalie that the others couldn't. So when I think of them, I think of things like, you know, with Ross, uh, that the, the, was just so fiery with Ross. Natalie and Ross had this really uh, mercurial, combustible, just dynamic relationship. And that was unique unto that. And with Palmer, it was this extremely elegant, very, very intelligent, witty uh, relationship. And I always think of dancing with James Mitchell. That's just, to me, one of those moments of total grace that you get in life. Uh, and Jeremy, of course, Jean Leclerc has become a lifelong friend. Uh, and I think that Jeremy and Natalie were just fabulous together. I have no idea how they would have fared over the long haul, though. <laughs> I have destroyed each other, for all I know. Um, and Dimitri, I don't know. I don't know if Natalie and Dimitri would have lasted because Erica and Dimitri were so good together. I just don't know that once you found Erica, that you know Natalie ever could have competed with that. In all honesty, and then there was also Adam, who was a great, great match for Natalie for a long time. Not to mention the the wonderful James Kybert. You know, who was perfect in terms of both Natalie and Janet. So I can't pick a favorite story, aside from the well, just because it was so <laughs> iconic. I can't pick a favorite story, but I will say this, Andre. I want to thank the teenage you for getting your mom and then your mom getting your aunt and your aunt getting your cousin and everybody watching because you kept us employed all those years. So thank you very much. And thank you for that call, Andre. One of the things, I mean, there are so many things to talk about. There's so many storylines and fun little moments in there. One of the things that uh, I've noticed, when you left the show, you had just welcomed little Amanda into the world. And then fast forward, oh, about a decade or so later, and <laughs> Amanda was all grown up. She had a family of her own, and you got to come back to the show and, and see that. What was it like in that time away and then coming back and all of a sudden having a, a new dynamic, a new uh, on-screen partner? It was thrilling. It was absolutely thrilling. Um, you know, I've been really fortunate because I feel that I have had an opportunity to experience so many of the quintessential soap opera moments. You now you get to do the twins, you get to do the evil one, and you get to do the fun <laughs> one. You get to do the ice princess who, you know, is redeemed by, you know, her victimization of others. You know, you, I just felt like I had it all. You get to be the rich princess. You get to be the nurse who, you know, some poor, wonderful, rich man falls in love with and leaves all his money to. So she becomes rich. I mean, you, you do it all. It's fantastic. And that was just a really good example of that. The day, uh, Janet's last day, or in my mind, it was her last day, was that day in the NIC unit where she says goodbye to Amanda and she, in essence, gives Amanda to Natalie to raise, uh, is probably uh, indelibly etched in my memory. It, it was a beautiful day. It was a hard day. I had a lot invested in it. We were exhausted. I absolutely love that show, that moment. 
So when I heard that uh, they were bringing Amanda back onto the canvas as an adult, uh, I was literally just, all I could think of was I would love to be able to pick up that relationship given that day, given that strong memory I have that's imprinted about turning that little itty-bitty baby and the and the uh, NIC unit over to Natalie, I would love to pick up the relationship and see what it is, see where it is, see what's happening. That was quite a gift to be able to go back and do that. Now, I'm sorry Robin Matson wasn't available to go because she had those wonderful years with Amanda growing up, and she did such a beautiful job with Janet, as you know, Dan. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was just fabulous. And so, uh, it, but it was, it was a silver lining for me that I was able to go back and do that. It was also a silver lining for someone who's on the line. We have Chriselle Staus here to talk to you. (laughs) Chriselle, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Hi, thank you for having me. I wanted to um, say hello to my favorite, absolute, all-time favorite on-screen mother, Kate Collins. I love you. Hello, how are you? (laughs) Hi. He did a little uh, finagling behind your back and wanted me to surprise you. (laughs) Oh, you did? (laughs) You did. It's always great to hear your voice. I know. I was so. I was just smiling, listening to you tell that story. It's so interesting to to hear. You know, I I didn't. There were some things you were saying that I didn't even know. So it was uh, it was interesting. That was really cool. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Well, I miss you all so much, and I so miss you, and I miss our conversations in the hair and makeup room. I know those are always the best. I do want to say about Kate because um, you're not allowed to kind of hard to brag about yourself, so I want to give this nugget to uh, um, basically add to her interview. I just want to say I always credit Kate uh, for the reason of really growing me as an actor and really, for the first time, connecting, and I guess before it was all about, like, I was trying to put on a show and act a certain way, and uh, Kate was the first person that all of a sudden I realized, oh, we're two people and we're just talking to each other. And she really connected with me and she just from day one had such a motherly instinct with me that I really connected to and I think the viewers, you know, connected with that as well. I think that's why it was such a success, us working together. And I just, I give her all the credit in the world because she really, really like kind of brought me, um, you know, to the next level and she was such a pleasure to work with. Chriselle, that's very sweet of you. You were there. You showed up, man. You were present. <laughs> it was really easy to look at you and just fall in love with you. Oh, you're so sweet. I, but yeah, I don't want to get too mushy on you guys, but I, I really, I did just have the best time working with you, and I just wanted to um, call and say hi, and um, I hope everything's going well with you, and as always, you know, I miss you. I hope... Um, you know, I know you're busy over there with your boys and theater and everything, and I just hope everything's going great for you. Thank you, Chriselle. Everything is going great. It's going great, and I hope you can come visit us in Chicago sometime. Ooh, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. everybody, we need to take a quick break, but we're going to be back with more of Kate Collins in just a moment when Soap Central Live continues in about two minutes. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. 
If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in today with Soap Central Live starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at SoapCentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. We're taking a break from playing Rockstar to talk to Kate Collins. And we are also joined by Chriselle Staus. Kate, Chriselle, welcome back to the show. Thanks. Now, we talked a little bit during the commercial break that there's so many uh, sort of unresolved mysteries as a result of All My Children not going to the Internet. So I know that a lot of fans are wondering maybe what happened to that relationship between Janet and Amanda. It seems that uh, from time to time it's irreparably damaged and then maybe not so much. So let me start with you, Kate. Where do you think uh, Amanda and Janet are today in their relationship? Oh, well, <laughs> uh, I know what, what Janet thinks. <laughs> so our, our hope had, would be that, you know, Janet had somehow really stabilized and that as long as nobody is threatening Amanda, then Janet remains stable and in a non-fight-or-flight uh, mindset. And so that the relationship would be really great and that, you know, maybe even um, Janet was living with them. I know Janet would love that and be the babysitter <laughs> to the grandchildren. So, uh, Hopefully there's more than one now. <laughs> so, Chriselle, do you think that Amanda would want Janet babysitting anybody? <laughs> well, you know what's funny? Kate and I actually got to do something that not a lot of people on the show did. As you know, they changed the ending um, last minute because of the Prospect Park thing. But because Kate Collins had to go back to Chicago, um, we shot our ending well in advance of everybody else. And so when the ending changed, we had already had ours in the can, but no one ever saw it. And so we had filmed Ricky and I visiting 
you know, Amanda's mom in the, um, in the loony bin, but we had, you know, we had little Trevor with us that I, we were holding a new little Asian baby that we had adopted, and we were basically, you know, it kind of showed us that we were reconnecting with her, and we were bringing her in as a family, and, um, you know, it showed her being very nurturing with the with the kids and kind of showing that she was working to getting back together, getting herself back together. So I like to think that's, for me, that's my real ending. I Since I shot it, it was real to me. I'm, I'm so sad that the, the fans didn't get to see it. So it was really, you know, nice. And anyway, so to me, that that's the real ending. And so I think just what she said, I think, you know, we were working on trying to get her stable again and and in some way back in our life now I don't know if I'd be the you know Amanda would be the quickest person to say oh yeah take the kids we're gonna leave the house like I don't know about that (laughs) um monitored monitored of you I do believe that the the way the writers ended that we did see uh, the, the way the writers brought um, Natalie, uh, I'm sorry, Janet and Amanda together was so so beautiful. It was it was very moving to shoot that with Chriselle, uh, with Chriselle um, curled up in bed with Janet and Janet trying to be a real mom and assure her as she was going through the cancer surgery and everything. I, I just thought that was just beautiful, beautiful thing for and them. And I to liked, offer. I did like how on the last episode they showed you. Um, saying hello to your baby Amanda, and then it showed me giving birth. I thought that was a, it yes. was just kind of showing like the. I thought that was a great thing that they did on the last episode. Yes, beautiful, beautiful helixing of the story is great. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so thoughtful, just very thoughtful. I hope the fans enjoyed it as much as we did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, we obviously really did. It was certainly bittersweet, considering it was such an incredible episode, but it was also the last episode. And I know that fans also appreciate Chriselle calling in as a surprise guest. So, Chriselle, thank you so much for calling in to be part of this very special, first-of-its-kind interview with Kate. Absolutely. Kate, as you know, I, I love you. I think the world of you, and I have so much to thank you for. So I'd, I'd do anything for her. She's the best. Thank you. Likewise, Chriselle. Take care. Uh, bye, you guys. Bye, Chrishell. We are not done, Kate, with the thank yous. It's my turn to give you a thank you. I think that everybody who has listened to the show regularly or has visited SoapCentral.com for the past 18 years knows that I got hooked on all my children because of the Natalie in a Well saga. And, you know, I have to say that I've had the opportunity to talk to some of the writers from that time, but I've never had the chance to say thank you to you Uh, and certainly for the folks who visit the website none of this none of what i'm doing today may have happened had it not been for really just being so impressed by your work on all my children and wanting to tune in every day to see what sort of magic you were able to just work out on screen so from me i really have to say thank you so much Oh, wow, damn, thank you. Thank you. That's that's quite an honor. I'm glad you've had a chance to talk to the writers and, and the producers, too, are just magnificent and, and what they made that happen. It was great. It was great. I mean, it but was... thank you. Absolutely. There were so many things at the time. One of the others that will probably go down as one of the greatest mysteries in all my children history was the Who Killed Will Cortland storyline. I have to find out, you know, for months people tried to figure out who'd done it and 
when did you find out that Janet was the crowbar killer? And uh, was it always intended to be that way, or did they maybe, you know, change stories up? Oh, I have no idea if it was always intended to be that way. Um, I found out really way late in the game, as a matter of fact. We had no, I had no idea going into it at all. I remember doing a photo shoot uh, where they had all the suspects in trench coats. Mm-hmm. And uh, Natalie was there, and Janet was there, and everybody else was there. And at that time, we had no idea. Who, who had done it? None. So it was, it was late in the game that they, that they revealed to the actors. And I assumed that was because they wanted to keep a tight lid on the story. I, I think they probably always knew. That's my assumption. It was just so, so well laid out, so well executed. But who knows? You know, they, those writers, they're magical. You just never yeah. know. Absolutely, and that was, I believe that was a Soap Opera Weekly cover. I probably have that somewhere hidden around in my office. Uh, One of my favorites uh, of the covers. It was fun. It's a great Uh, cover. I mean, it's it's, half of Pine Valley's on that cover, which is the other reason I love it. (laughs) (laughs) It, it, We were all there. (laughs) There were so many people uh, who, you know, are just etched in the memory and you know you'd mentioned briefly one of your your favorite memories would have been dancing with james mitchell uh, i'm wondering if you'd be able to share are there any other memories that you have of him that you'd like to that you'd be willing to share on air with fans oh of james you know the thing with james that was just so amazing to me is i i always thought he was one of those people who you assumed something about, and then you'd get to know him, and he was the exact opposite. I always assumed he was an extremely stern, earnest, serious person. And I was just always spinning my wheels as fast as I could to, you know, keep up, be good enough, not mess up. You know, I really wanted to impress him with my professionalism. And he was just the silliest, funniest, loved to laugh. Oh, my God. God, we could crack up and we would just, once we went, it would just be, you know, minutes and minutes and minutes of just laughter. And so the the judgment that I always thought he had of me or what was going on around us could not have been further from the truth. He was singularly the least judgmental human being I've ever encountered. And yet, you know, his character... Palmer was so judgmental. Um, I just always thought it was so ironic that he could be so far from Palmer, so far from Palmer, uh, and kind, kind as the day is long, just kind. Always remembered a birthday, always has sent or did send until the, the year he passed uh, Christmas cards. All these years, I've, I've got a collection of Christmas cards from James. Just that gracious, gracious, elegant way of living. Beautiful. Just a beautiful guy. You know. Yeah, it is, it is. Uh, you know, for folks who watch the soaps, and of course there are millions of fans who watch the soaps, they don't necessarily always have the opportunity to get to meet their favorite stars in person. So they don't have that ability to know. They may forever think that, that you're, uh, you know, a crazy crowbar killer or you're right. the mean, grumpy old man. So this is, certainly sure. for fans, this is a great opportunity. We have another caller uh, from New York City who'd like to talk to you. Caller, are you there? Hi. Hi, Dan. Hi, hi, um, Kate. Hi. What's hi. Who is this? Who's calling? 
Uh, oh, I'm sorry. My name is Jamel. I'm calling from Brooklyn. Okay. I'm sure you must have. A lot of people have been waiting a long time to have a chance to talk to Kate. So do you have a question? Do you have a comment? Maybe both? Well, I think both. But first, I think that you're doing a good job tonight, Dan, because um, well, you, you sort of are touching on some of the things I feel. about. I think you have the, like one of the divas diva of all divas, truly, of daytime, because I think that I was maybe, I don't know, seven years old, and my mother, she was watching the story, and she um, I got hooked onto it, too, at the, at the well. And I was so, at a young age, I was so glued, you know, I was sick at home, glued to this this cat fights and, and the tears and the, and the passion and, and all the things I was feeling and, and just looking back on YouTube, the acting and the writing, you know, it's sort of missed. It's really missed in the stories today. But, um, you know, I think, too, I, I could gush forever just the way she acted and, and the way you acted, Miss Collins, is just, you know, it, it got me glued to the stories in general. So um, it was wow. But um, Thank you, Jamel. Is your mom still alive? Yeah, she is. She's she'd probably be going crazy to say to say, "Oh, you talked to because she lived for the Natalie and um, Erica's rivalry. She lived it. She said it was Sky. It was Natalie. It was Erica. Those are the ladies that she loved when Love when she it. started watching stories. So it was just Love you. It. it was just you all. That was her. That made her afternoon. And Angie too. <laughs> so yeah, it was yeah. you. Yeah, it was you. But um, I wanted to ask more about when you when Natalie had went on to. Um, get in a relationship with Trevor, and then she had, um, you know, Timmy and, and that sort of time before she went into the well and had all that problems, and she went on with the dashing, you know, D- uh, Dimitri. Um, what was it like to sort of, to, for her to sort of transition from maybe that the biggest house and go to more modest and more like regular, not as glamorous, which was still fabulous. I said everything you did was wonderful. You know, <laughs> she couldn't do no wrong. She's still like the dynamite, even in, that, in a smaller home, so... Oh, God, you're so funny. It's fabulous. It's a great question. She had a very difficult time transitioning. I mean, really. She loves the big houses, although she loved Trevor. She loved Trevor more. So that was okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Jamil, for your question. I appreciate it. It's, you know, it's fun to hear how people got hooked on soaps. They, a lot of people got hooked without really wanting to get hooked. Well, you know, what I love now is, is both... Um, both Andre and Jamel tell a similar story, which we hear all the time. Is it's they they're watching with family. It's glue in family. It's a way intergenerationally they are able to connect and communicate and share something, which is really that to me is the sad part because as he says, you know, his mom would rather watch Natalie and Erica. I would too. I don't want to really watch real people on television fight, but to watch fantasy characters, to watch the imaginary ones go at it is just wonderful entertainment. But I don't want to watch it for real, which is what we see now. At least, do you know what I mean? Oh, well, you're assuming that those are actually real. Uh, I think those are probably oh. as fake as any of the, the on-screen fights that we see on the soaps. Well, that's probably true, but I prefer knowing that they were for sure scripted and their characters and there was casting involved and things like that. <laughs> well, you know, one of the more recent uh, great on-scene sort of, of cat fights and funniness and everything all wrapped into one was really brought about by the end of All My Children. And the are the Oakdale scenes, of course, with Jennifer Bassey and Melissa Claire Egan and Susan Lucci and yourself. Yeah. They were so much fun to watch. I have to imagine it looked like you guys were having an absolute blast on set. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. 
they had to keep interrupting our sitting around storytelling and laughing to actually shoot the scene. It was hysterical. We were having we were having way too much fun. It showed. Way too much fun. It really showed. Well, and they, you know, they wrote those scenes so well. They understood the history of each of those characters so perfectly that you could sit around a table and you could talk from the character perspective, you could talk from your perspective, and we were doing both. So it was just a blast. It was, as a matter of fact, I'm sitting in my, my office here. I will, you know, it's a very casual office, quote unquote. But I've got the um, painting and the pipe cleaning um, little sculpturettes that Janet made that day on set. As a matter of fact, as a, as a reminder of how much fun we had, loved it. Well, now since I'm sure I'm not the only one wondering, were those created by a, a stage assistant, or did you actually get to make your own paintings yourself? Oh no, we made them. Okay. Just, oh, hey. oh, no, 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 no. We made them. <laughs> okay. Those, all, those are definitely, I'm sure, there are a lot of other people who uh, would love to be able to get their hands on all my children merchandise. And they did you know, auction off some of them, but unfortunately it seems like a lot of the stuff was just sort of uh, tossed away after the show ended. You know, decades uh, and decades and decades of, of goodies. Oh, it's a heartbreaker. That's a heartbreaker, because that, Dan, is actually where I am having the most difficulty still to this day, is it's not the job. You know, you can live without the job, although, like Susan said, Susan was in mourning for a year, but it's the show. I was a fan of the show. I have, I, I, I've not replaced it. I've not, I don't have a new All My Children that I, you know, hang out with every day. That, to me, is the real loss. That's what I grieve, is my show is gone. You know what I mean? You know no. what I mean. Oh, absolutely. Jamel, Jamel and Andre, you know, and their moms, you, under, you guys understand what, what we're talking about here. This is, to me, my greatest sadness, my greatest loss is that that show is off the air, but from the perspective of a fan. Because I, I don't have lunch with them anymore. I used to have lunch with them all every day. Yeah, I mean, and that was, it was five days a week. I mean, that's more time than some people get to spend with their, their real families. It's you know, it's, right. it's it's uh, becomes a part of life. Now, I have yeah. to ask though, since we're we're sort of going all around the the cancellation question, what was your mm-hmm. immediate reaction when you found out that ABC had made the decision to end All My Children after so many years? Well, just disbelief, shock, disbelief. Um, I I honestly I was one of those people who sort of lived in the place of well they're going to change their minds right I mean they're going to get that this is like not a good idea so I was really not not going with the program I was having a little trouble you know getting with the reality that no they'd really decided they were going to take it off the air and there really wasn't going to be a question about this so no I had a very hard time with it shock and disbelief. Still, to this day, uh, now we have a question from Emily who wanted to call in, but uh, for some reason, uh, I guess, wasn't able to. Uh, but she wanted mm-hmm. to know, what was it like playing two roles? They weren't necessarily traditional twins, but it looked so easy on screen to see you playing Natalie and Janet at the same time. It had to be a lot of work. At least, I mean, knowing the soap scripts, it looked like it was a lot of work. It was. It was a tremendous amount of work, and there, there are a couple of aspects to it. Um, 
the the work part of it was just the sheer amount of material. So on a good day, I'd be doing maybe a hundred pages of material, wow. um, and you get really good at it when you do it every day. You know, the memory is just a muscle, so you just do it and you get really good at it. The reason I think it looked easy had to do with the directors. Uh, we were working with Jack Coffey, who pioneered split screen. So technically, we were on the cutting edge. The, the guys I got to work with knew exactly how to do what they were trying to do. So it looked right, technically, which made me look very, very good. Um, the other thing is I had uh, a sequence of two extremely capable doubles. They were very fine actresses, and they were very good mimics of me. And that also played a huge part in it because you're acting with yourself and they would sublimate their own instincts and imitate me back so well in terms of what I had done that I would be able to maintain my energy, my through line, my emotional content, what I was doing because uh, of what they would give back to me off camera when I was working with uh, them. Sometimes you work by yourself. So there were lots and lots of reasons that uh, it looked so easy and I look good having nothing to do with me. So let's be clear I, about that. I the other part to, was we were just having so much fun. Can, <laughs> we were I, having so much fun. I can um, absolutely imagine. I have to tell you, this is a confession. I don't think I've ever told anybody this. Uh, so this will be people shaking their heads and all kinds of stuff. When I first started watching, it never occurred to me that – Natalie and Janet were played by the same person. I didn't think Seriously. it was possible to have the, you know, have the same person on the screen at the same time played two different roles. Never crossed my mind. Wow. How so, much fun is that, Dan? Thank you for being bold and confessing that. That's a blast. Uh, you know, I'm sure I'm going to hear about this on Twitter or the Facebook, which is actually a, a good segue to a question from Elizabeth from Baton Rouge. She wanted to know, are you on Twitter or are you on Facebook? You know, this is interesting. I, I don't tweet. I, I think I, I would be terrifying if, if it, I were tweeting because I would just I have no idea what I would tweet. Um, so I don't tweet. I, I am actually just creating a new Facebook page because I'm starting up a new little consulting business having to do with uh, colors um, and crystal work and using crystal necklaces to help people find palettes. But I like to use color everywhere in my life and how it supports my life. Um, as you know, you know the wonderful, magnificent David Zyla, who is a costume yes. designer for all my children, and he's written a brilliant book called The uh, Color of Style, um, which is about finding your, your colors that work well for you, creating a style, working with your colors in that style. And, um, and so I do some of that, but I don't do what he does. He does a magnificent job with that. I don't tell you what to wear because I don't have any idea. I mostly work color into your life in all these other ways that can sometimes help you past your obstacles or help heal you a little bit, help heal aspects of your life. Um, so I've got a website, not a website, excuse me, a Facebook page I've just started. This is a new venture for me called Learn Your Colors, Heal Your Life. And I, I welcome um, Elizabeth and Emily and Andre, Jamal, anybody who might be interested in uh, just exploring that. Um, to, to please do so, and you can contact me through that, and we can talk about whether or not I can be of any help to you on your journey in that regard. 
And so we're definitely going to post that's that. That's about as much Facebook as I can figure out how to do it. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's not complicated. It's a very simple page because I don't know how to do complicated yet. Um, I was also able to put up some wonderful photos from the fabulous Mardi Gras ball. David Zyla designed yes. all those costumes. They were just brilliant. Um, so that was kind of fun for me to reminisce and pull up those photos this morning as I was putting it together for today. I wanted to be able to tell you guys about it today. So I am now announcing this. You guys get it first. Well, thank you for that. And thank we're going you. to make Elizabeth, sure that. Thank you for your question. <laughs> we're going to make sure that we post that link. So anybody out there who wants to get more information, you'll be able to find it. We'll post it uh, both on our Twitter account, that's Soap Central Live, on Facebook, on SoapCentral.com. We'll make sure everybody can find you uh, because it is so important. And we've had David as a guest on the show, and he, uh, on air, you know, was trying to help all of us figure out what some of our best colors would be to convey different moods for in terms of clothing. Um, mm, it's so, so good. God, he's gifted. You know, it really is, and I and I happen to have yeah. a copy of the the book right behind me, but it is true. I mean, there there are even studies, and I was talking about this the other day with someone, that the colors can influence your appetite, which is why certain logos for food restaurants are certain colors. So there is a lot of truth in the fact that colors really can heal your life, or or many other things. Mm-hmm. Well, and you know, David's gonna uh, David's putting together a wonderful new book about the home how to use colors in your home, uh, which I am very uh, excited and looking forward to learning about, too. And, and, well, and, of course, the way he presents the materials, the way he's able to, you know, communicate so beautifully and elegantly. Uh, I, I understand what he's telling me, which always helps. So <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that, too. And it's not just your new Facebook, your new venture on Facebook. There is also some other involvement in performing arts in your family. Your husband is the artistic director for the Court Theater in Chicago, and they have a whole lot of stuff. Oh, my gosh. They're through Sunday. They have James Joyce's The Dead, and then coming up in two thir- uh, 2013, there's a couple of other Moliere uh, pieces. Of oh, the Moliere Festival. Yes, they're doing the Misanthrope and Tartuffe, and uh, also my husband will additionally be directing a, a really interesting play called Proof, uh, about a, a young woman who's growing out from underneath her very famous father's shadow in regards to mathematics um, set here in the Hyde Park community, which is where we live uh, under the shadow of the University of Chicago, which is a really exciting neighborhood. Um, thank you so much, Dan, for saying that. Yes, courttheater.org. It's an incredible organization. If you're in the Chicago area, please avail yourself of it. It's a magnificent group. And here's the thing, too, for folks out there who are in the Chicago area. Uh, we're going to post the link so you can get show information and ticketing information. But I noticed that tickets in many cases start at just $15. So this is not only a really wonderful night out, but it's inexpensive to do so, that you can go and, and see some wonderful performances and not have to worry that you're not going to you know, be able to make your budget meet at the end of the month because of splurging. So that's really And I'll important. tell you something else, too. They have free parking, which in the big city of Chicago is a deal. So there you go. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you putting that oh. out there. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. Free parking. Oh, my gosh. It's worth it. I know. <laughs> it's worth it to go just for that. Parking might be more than, uh, in some cases, than a ticket to, to go to the theater or to the movies or something like that. Yeah. 
So we are almost out of time for this show, and this has been an amazing hour, and I want to thank you. Uh, but I want to give you one last opportunity to to reflect to if you have a message for your fans. Anything that you'd like to say in these final uh, two minutes or so, the mic is yours, Kate. Oh, thank you, Dan. Thank you so much for this opportunity. This has been a really exciting new thing for me to be able to talk live with fans in this format. I wanted to thank everybody for all the years they supported me, they supported all of us, and all my children kept us on the air, kept us employed, um, and kept us following our passion, which is uh, performing and telling story. Um, I know we all miss the show, and yet we are all moving forward with our lives well and fully and creating new adventures. So as one door closes, yet another has opened, hence this wonderful adventure I get to start on with colors and healing lives um, and supporting my husband's organization. And I know every one of my fans has also got wonderful, full, rich lives going on. So it's been a pleasure. And thank you, Dan, so much for the opportunity. Oh, you're, you're certainly welcome. Of course, I also want to thank Chriselle Staus for calling in. It was very yeah. nice of her to be a part of the show. And if any of you are tuning in just now and you've missed part of the show and you want to hear it in its entirety or maybe you want to hear it again, you can even download a copy of this to save and play and listen to later. All you need to do is go to SoapCentral.com slash radio. While you're there, in addition to today's show, you'll also be able to have access to every show that we've done since 2010. There are more than 150 episodes, and they're all equally amazing, if I must say so myself. Uh, you can, of course, listen to your favorites again. You can discover new shows that maybe you didn't get a chance to hear the first time they aired. Uh, you can also submit your comments, your feedback, your requests for guests. It is an amazing opportunity for you to really get caught up on all things soap. And remember that we're always on, even when we're not inside of our live hour on Fridays. We have a 24-7 caller comment line. You can call and leave us a message with your comments or questions. You can ask questions for guests that are coming up. The number is 267-341-7627. It's 267-341-SOAP. And... With that, again, Kate, I want to say thank you so much for being here. I know that this was uh, a first of its kind, so I'm so honored that I was be able to be the first one to let you connect live with fans. Well, Dan, thank you. I, I feel it's the least I can do since, you know, I helped you connect with soap operas through Natalie and the Well and Janet. You See? did. And, you know, and I'm still, I'm still to this day afraid of crowbars. I have to admit that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you on that one. We'll avoid the crowbars. Well, everybody, we will be back here again live next Friday, December 14th, same time, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, for another edition of the continuing saga of Soap Central Live. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll see you then. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 